a week ago, uh, a week ago today, uh, Sterling College lost one of its own. Jordan Harris, 24 years old, passed away from some medical complications. Uh, I, I realize that, that many of you did not know Jordan, but those that had the privilege to know him are really impacted by his passing. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time just reflecting this morning. You, you can tell that my voice is already cracking, and, and so this is going to be uh, a little bit difficult. Uh, Jordan was a great man. Uh, he was young, way too young. And one of the hard things uh, of this life is how things like death come in and overwhelm us so that tomorrow a new bride uh, who is expecting will be burying her husband and a mother and father will be saying goodbye to their child. Those of us that, that knew him, and, and you know, you can, you, you, you've seen up here already, I'm sure, if, if, if you don't, just the, that, that smile uh, and, and the way he would light up a room when he would walk in. Uh, and I, I first met Jordan before he was a student here, and one of the things that so impressed me was that uh, I, I actually don't remember the, the major that he came to pursue, but he was so determined to follow Christ with all of his life that that he just decided that, you know, he was coming here to play football, but he was also going to come here to learn how to minister to people. And so he changed his major. Uh, he, everywhere he has been, he has had a tremendous impact on people for Christ. And, you know, that's a, that is a legacy that I, I strive for as well. And that is something that, that Jordan has given in those memories that he is leaving behind with us that he has touched. But you know, as, as hard as something like this is, and as much as we mourn his passing, we don't mourn as those without hope. Jesus Christ rose from the dead to conquer death. And so we have a basis for knowing that the 24 years of life here may have been brief, and the hole that he has left is deep and real. But we will have eternity to spend with him. I'd like for just a moment to, to pray, pray for Jordan's family and for those of us that are hurting. And uh, if you get the opportunity, uh, go to the memorial website uh, that the funeral home, uh, that it's a funeral home right, right outside of Lubbock, Texas, where, where Jordan is from. And, uh, and if he's impacted your life, let the family know. It gives them something, you know, memories that they can see what he has done. If they provide other opportunities, because he's got a little daughter who's never going to know her daddy. Mom and dad have to bury their son, and his widow has to find a way to move on. And so if there is a way for you to, to help and to give hope, I encourage you to do that. Let's pray. Father in heaven, 
we confess that we don't understand so often some of the way these things go. We feel the, the hurt, the pain. We know in our heart that these things ought not to be. And yet we know with confidence that you have transcended all of that, including that last enemy, death. Lord, I pray for Jordan's wife, that you comfort her not only in the next couple days with the hardness of putting her husband in the ground, but in the weeks ahead when all of the flurry and bustle of activity of this, this past week fades and she has to move on with life. I pray for his young daughter that you would raise up your people to help to provide the absence that Jordan's passing has left. I pray for his dad and his mom as they face a parent's worst fear. I pray that you uh, also give them peace in this moment, give them comfort in the days ahead of knowing that this life is not the end. We pray all this in the name of our Lord and Savior, our resurrected Savior, who sits at your right hand, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Oftentimes in our lives, we ask, why don't we? <coughs> For those of you who knew Jordan, I don't want you to suffer in silence, okay? Uh, It's just difficult to have such a loss, and uh, it really hits home because you think of a, a spouse that's left behind, a baby that does not know her father, and maybe this was your experience. If I'm being transparent, what am I thinking right now? I'm thinking, why, God? What's your plan in this? You say it's going to work out for good, but I don't know. I'm going to transition Jason to the handheld. But as believers, there is hope only in Jesus, and I'm going to give a, just a brief devotional, and we're going to have a time of invitation where you can receive the gospel, where you can pray. Hope is only found in Jesus. Life is many times too short. We don't know our next breath. And we can't guarantee tomorrow. The Bible says that man is appointed to die once, then face judgment. And warriors, we may get caught up in this rat race of making all the minors into majors and blowing, up, blowing it into proportion. And don't you realize sometimes we just need to stop and slow down and ask, what is important in my life? What is really important? Is it my striving for a high GPA? Or how many points I get in the basketball game, or how many steals I get in the baseball game, or how good of a theatrical performance I do have, or how many friends I have, or am I really liked? When you strip it all down and realize and look yourself in the mirror, can you do that? What's important? What's your ambitious cycle about? Is it all in vain? Paul says to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we're going to be looking at four verses. Uh, briefly this morning, 
He says in verse 1, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, in which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. This is the Word of God. This is of first importance. What's important to you? Even if you don't believe in a God or doubt a God, why are you in existence? Are you telling me that I'm created to be born and to just get a job and make some money and that's it? Really? Do you think that's it? We're all empty inside. We fill our void with something. Maybe you fill that void with recognition and popularity and identity in your athleticism, identity in your extra activities. What is it? What's important to you? You know, these moments in our lives teaches us to love more, to love people more because you don't know what somebody else is suffering right beside you or around you, even in class. We really don't know, and that's why it's so vital that we respect people, that we love unconditionally. You think, thank God that he does not love us based on our performance, right? God does not love you based on your performance. It's called unconditional love. It's an agape love. It's a love that saw you at your worst. It's a love that knows how you feel at your worst. The Bible says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Paul told the church of Corinthians that this was of first importance. And those of you who grew up in church... You've heard the gospel again and again, but I'm asking you, have you truly repented of your sin and placed faith in Christ alone to set you free? Have you? Or have you trusted in religion? Have you trusted in the baptism? Have you trusted in the catechism? Have you trusted in the church denomination? If you're trusting in those things for salvation, my friend, the Bible says it is by grace through faith that you're saved. It's a gift of God, not a result of work, so that no man may boast it's not about us. It's God who gets the glory here. Paul says, I preached to you, and you received. What is keeping you from receiving this gospel message this morning? Ask yourselves. You've thought about it. Well, I'm, I think I believe in God, and I'm not sure. Well, if I believe in God, I'm going to be limited. There's freedom in Christ, and there's no better way to live than being in the presence of God. Bring that shame and bring that guilt. Sometimes we operate by that cycle. Well, I'm not loving God enough, or I'm not reading my Bible enough, or I'm not worshiping enough, and therefore I don't feel like reading my Bible. I feel guilty and I feel shameful when I do. But I said earlier, thank God he does not love you based on your performance, and that he does not love me based on my performance because I fail every single day. Have you received the gospel? Have you? Why don't you receive this message? We don't know what happens tomorrow. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. For don't, don't harden your hearts. The Bible says in Romans, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means we all have sinned. We've all missed the mark. It's a mark that can never be attained by gold or silver or accolades or a name. 
We've missed it. We're sinners. We're broken. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. Spiritual, physical death. It's a death apart from God the Father. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the gift of salvation in Christ. Is it based on performance? No. Because we, we, we see this in Romans. It's unconditional agape love. That God saw you at your worst and he sent his only son to die. The Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, we make the minors major. He loved people. He loved the world. All of us. He loves you. That he sent his only son to die for me. I know my sins and I know my brokenness and I'm not perfect. Would I die for myself? No. Would I die for any of you? Probably not. I, want, I say I want to. But Christ died for me. He died for you. I would never die for myself. He saw me in my wickedness. In that state of brokenness. I still choose to be to die for you. He loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever would believe it upon him. Shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's time we realize life. Without Christ we are nothing. It's this gift of salvation. Because the Bible says that we are appointed to die once. And the Bible says that he knows the number of days. So God knows your days ahead. He knows what our life looks like. And for me, that helps me with my anxiety. When I stress about the un unknown, unseen, what ifs, it creates so much anxiety in my mind. I don't need it. But I sometimes have a hard time trusting in God as well. And that's a cycle I battle. But thank God the Bible is true. It's reliable. See, we see here, and Paul, Paul says here in 1 Corinthians 15, For I delivered to you of first importance what I received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he raised in the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. Paul is reaffirming the, the church of Corinth that Christ, this message that occurred, this was not Paul's message, it's the gospel message, that he died on the cross, the Roman crucifixion. Tortured, mocked, spit upon, the crown of thorns on his head, made to carry that cross to the place of Golgotha. Nails in his hand and his feet, looking towards the crowds, knowing that what he would have to be done for you and I. He would bear the full weight of sin and the wrath of God on that cross, and he would yell out, it is finished, it is paid in full, it is done, it is atoned for, it is satisfied because Jesus is without sin. He is the only one that could take that sacrifice. And he was buried. They stabbed Jesus with a the, with the spear. He was buried. He died. And three days later, why we have hope is because of Christ, his bodily resurrection. Now he's seated at the right hand of God the Father. That is my hope. That is our hope. Don't put your hope in anything else. Don't put it in your sports. Don't put it in your academics. Don't put it in your relationships. Don't put it in your performance. You have to ask yourself, if I die today, where do I go and why? My friends, if you don't have an answer for that, in a few moments, I'm going to give you time. 
then you can respond to receive the gospel. The Bible says in Romans, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it says you will be saved. The Bible says all who call upon his name will not be put to shame. So that's good news for us. That means I don't have to get myself ready. I don't have to know all the Bible. I don't have to have the best performance. You bring nothing in your hands. You simply fall at the feet of Christ and surrender your hearts. because He could be your Lord and Savior this morning. Do you feel the Holy Spirit convicting you of your sin? Has knowledge came into your heart? Is It's a heart transformation. Ezekiel says that he will give you a, a new heart. Remove the heart of stone and give you a new spirit, a new heart. This is of first importance that Christ died for our sins. That he was buried and he rose three days later. Life. A lot of questions. Don't, a lot of worries. You realize how much we are not in control but there's an old psalm, a hymn that says, Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. And what as believers we can hold on to is God's word is truth. God is faithful. The Bible says that weeping may tarry in the night, but joy comes in the morning. And as Zach quoted this morning, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For if thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. God comforts those amidst suffering, grieving, and loss and trauma. He has, not, he has not forgotten your situation, nor he has left us. But we as a people, as a body, we must come back on our knees and ask and cry out to a holy God, would you revive my heart? For those of you still listening, if you've not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, during this time of invitation, you come up, you bring a friend. If you need to pray up here, you pray. If you need to pray out there, you go pray. But I want you to connect with somebody Ask these tough questions. If I die, where do I go and why? And I want you to chew on this question. If I die today, where do I go and why? The Bible makes it clear. The Bible is not confusing. Do you accept this gift? Do you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior? Surrender at his feet today. Let us pray. And this will be a time for you to come up. So with every head bowed and every eye closed as I pray. Father, I pray, Lord... For the one who has not received Christ in here, that they would come forward. I pray, Lord, that we can just spend moments in prayer. For those who hear my voice, if God is calling you, you come accept him this morning. If you need someone to be, if you want to be prayed for, you come up forward this morning. This is going to be a time of reflection. Lord, we give you all the glory. It's not about us. It's about you. But we know that you're always working in and through us. In Christ and we pray. Amen.